0: Hi, and welcome to the Council of Fathers podcast. We're bringing a heartful perspective to this wild journey we call fatherhood. I'm Noah Goldstein. I'm Dave Boniuto. And uh, today we are here with a guest, our first guest. Our inaugural guest. Welcome to the show, I'm so Jeff. i so excited.
1: Thank you. It's wonderful to be here in this space with both of you fine fathers.
2: Yeah.
0: Awesome. So,
2: yeah, we're, we're super excited to have Jeff because Jeff is not only a father of two, true, but also such a great musician and entertainer and uh, teacher in our community. Hmm. And Jeff, true. I I just want to say that I, I love your music. Thank you, Dave. And um, specifically, I wanted to tell you what I love about your music is that... <laughs> There's a lot of kids music out there that you discover when you become a parent that is really annoying and you know, no, no offense to, you know, those staples of music history, but but your music is interesting to listen to and fun to dance to Ooh. and and it teaches the kids and the grown ups like it too. And thank you for that.
1: Thank you. That is a nice way to start. You have my full attention.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thanks for being here. And we want to talk about like three main things today. We want to talk about fatherhood because that's what we talk about.
0: Usually is what we talk about.
2: And we are lucky to have you here because we also want to talk about nature and the value of nature in um, raising kids. And we want to talk about music and the value of music in parenting.
1: Mm. I like talking about all three of those things. Cool. Yes. Great. So
2: before we get into the sort of content of the conversation, just would love to hear a little bit about how Jeff and Paige became Jeff and Paige. Like, how did y'all, what what was your journey to get here? Mm i uh, yes, let's,
1: let's go into that journey. Um, so first of all, for your listeners who don't know, my name's Jeff Kagan. I am one half of a Boulder, Colorado husband and wife musical duo that's focused on science and nature for preschool and elementary school kids. And we call ourselves Jeff and Paige. Love we that. Were, we, yeah. We poured over that one for a yeah, while. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we, it is both our passion and our living to do concerts at schools and libraries and nature centers and festivals. It is a combination of theater and costumes and audience participation, music, and most importantly, education about um, ecology and the natural world. So in answer to your question, yeah, not something that either of us applied online for. It is very much an organic unintentional creation born out of our mutual passion for the natural world, and most importantly, community and music. Um, So Paige and I met in graduate school for environmental education, and please don't think traditional grad school. We were on this biodiesel school bus that traveled the country for two years, camping outside, um, putting on seminars for our fellow classmates. The faculty are there on the bus. We've got a A stove underneath and we're, we're essentially living outdoors and figuring out the best ways to teach about the things we come in contact with. Yeah. That was amazing. A wild journey. And, um, yeah, at the end of that program, having all this fire for education and creative ways of getting messages across that didn't make people feel like doom and gloom about human species. And Jeff and Paige very slowly was born out of our connection in that graduate program. I'll kind of give some bullet points so I don't go on and on, but we started dating around the same time we started working together and that has been both beautiful and messy. As anyone who's in a partnership knows, um, working with your partner will make you face everything in both your marriage and your professional union. Mm -hmm. We just, we started, we luckily have had the partnership with the city of Boulder open space and mountain parks for 18 years, our kind of inaugural program, Meadow music that I think both of you have attended up Mm -hmm. near the Flatirons in Boulder, Colorado. This will be its 18th season. Wow. Um, a free weekly open to everybody, no registration, necessary program in a beautiful natural place and all of the music all of the antics all of the costumes all of the growing pains and joys have been born out of that program um I'll pause yeah. there. Yeah. Let you uh, guide me where you'd like me to go. <laughs> Slurp yeah.
2: Down. Yeah. Um so the graduate school led to the dating which led to like sort of one-off events, which Mm -hmm. turned into a cult following and a rock and roll lifestyle. Oh yes. (laughs) The rock and roll (laughs) lifestyle of the father
1: at the stove. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful, man. And what about your journey with music? You're not just, I said earlier, you're not just, um, you're not just strumming and singing songs, you write Real music, and where did you get that from? And you play real guitar, like you're a guitarist, you're a singer songwriter. Thank you. Yes. Where, where'd that all come from? Um, thank
1: you for asking. It's, I mean, just hearing you highlight that I'm a musician. Like I don't think of myself that way first and foremost. I'm like, oh, my background is in education and the guitar and the theatrics and the costumes were all born out of finding creative ways to educate. Um, So for me, music has always been just a vehicle to, to share in a different way about the things that are important to me. Like it works a lot better to dress up like a tree and sing about how much I love taking carbon dioxide into my leaves than standing up there and doing a PowerPoint presentation. And that doesn't just go for children. It goes for any of us. Um, So, but the musical for me was always born out of a love of singing. And I just wanted to be, I would sing with two friends. We'd do harmonies to Beatles songs. I still have the Beatles fake book with every chord to every Beatles song. And I wanted to be the guy that was accompanying some of those songs we had passed the guitar around and our levels differed greatly (laughs) there's one guy who was kind of the song leader and I kind of wanted to be him or at least on par with him so painstakingly through college kind of hacked my way through those chord progressions and it was it's the best thing in my life just playing Mm. music and sharing it with people including my own children who often tell me to stop playing music (laughs) while I'm
2: strumming uh, gotta
0: love them I'm so familiar with that you're like holding the guitar trying to play something and they're coming over and they're slapping it mm-hmm. or they're yeah taking it away from is you it,
1: is it more of a desire to be part of it or to stop it so that your attention is on them
0: yes that's, that's the yes. good yes
1: yes is the answer
0: so tell me a little bit about your drive like where does this educational impulse come from in terms of you you being an educator choosing that path
1: um it was in college i was pre-med and um had a lot of high level science classes and then in summers in between school i started taking these long distance backpacking trips um not really knowing what i was getting myself into like 30 day trips to two summers in a row. And that combined with these high level science classes really opened my eyes. And I would say not in a great way in my early to mid 20s. I was like very angry at what I saw was, you know, the human, human's place on, on this particular planet and wanting to make changes. So initially that desire to educate, it was, if I could say it was a little more self-righteous like I must do this. This is my mission, which is important. It's good to have your mission and know what you're passionate about. But at times, it alienated me from people I loved, my parents, for instance. Um, and you know, 18 years later, it has softened a lot more into wanting to inspire splendor about other species and wanting to create community um, that I feel a part of as well as a as a mm-hmm. father and. You know, the guy with the guitar on the stage.
0: Well, and it sounds like something happened for you. Mm-hmm. Spending long periods of time deep in nature in the natural world, it woke something up within you, and and I'm almost hearing a calling. Yeah, it was yeah, kind
1: of like a lifting of a veil where I was like, oh, oh my. Um, I'm not so sure I like this, and this is the truth. And now everyone must feel the same way. Um, and the, the truth is, there are many truths. So mm-hmm. I like to find creative, soft, and non-polarizing ways to mm-hmm. express mine in a fun way, especially to children, um, because their joy is so palpable and they are such a real audience. They are not going to politely clap if you are not engaging them, <laughs> as anyone knows who has children.
2: <laughs> yeah, no tact yet. Yeah, that's yes. blessing and a curse, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
1: no, I like that. Yeah. I know that when I'm on, it's not because the audience was politely responding. Yeah, nice. And when I'm off, I know what to fix.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, you've created something amazing and... You know, I think feel, now is a good time to mention that you're wearing some beautiful socks, rainbow yeah, knee, knee there, socks. Caress them lightly. <sighs> is that the sound the socks would make?
1: Socks would be more like. <sighs>
2: <sighs> <sighs> okay. Okay. Yes. My, my bad. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, Jeff and Paige event is a very happy, um, dancing, fun we were you know the kids are having fun and they're mesmerized the kids are mesmerized i remember that the first time we went to a show um yeah the kids just get this look on their face and then they start moving towards the stage and the grown-ups stay back and look at each other like our kids aren't here Mm -hmm. they're we can talk to each other and everyone has fun Mm -hmm. and kids learn something Mm -hmm. too i mean grown-ups learn stuff too but yeah it's really cool to hear my kids say you know apex predator and you know um i don't know they just come home with little gems yeah and it's cool that they're thank you they're getting a sense of yeah, I, I feel like you're painting this picture of rather than like radical righteous rebellion, mm-hmm. that you're trying to inspire something. You know, a move towards something rather than a reaction to something else. Is yeah, that exactly?
0: Well, and hand in hand with that, just some. It's I my background is is also in ecology and conservation science and. Sometimes messages are received more um, easily from other people, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I know that if I were to try to talk about all of these ecosystem processes and, you know, their eyes would probably glaze over and then they would stop liking nature. (laughs) And so having somebody else who's doing it in this beautiful, entertaining, fun, uplifting Mm -hmm. way is, is, is really fantastic yeah
1: and i think yeah for me an example a perfect example of that is so we have a
0: song called dead and delicious that is the song that has been in my head (laughs) leading up to this interview okay is that the one about the raven yes exactly
1: and so it's always really like food waste has always really bothered me
3: well i'm a raven with
1: Especially as a father, like any dad out there knows what it's like to see the the lovingly prepared meal eaten half, if you're lucky. And that has always bothered me, not just with children, but like with, especially with Americans. So that song is from the perspective of a raven. And the skit that leads up to it is Paige's driving her car. And then the raven comes out and... Starts eating this flattened skunk prop that we have in pages. Ooh, gross.
3: There's something dead and delicious on the side of the road. Is it a skunk pancake or a souffle? A horny toad. Feeling so hungry, about to implode. When suddenly I smell what the road has bestowed. It's something dead and delicious on the side of the road. Ooh, 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 ooh. Nothing could be final. Dino.
1: and then i can say well you know what i think is gross <laughs> americans waste enough food every day to fill a football stadium i on the other hand am efficient hey baby i'm a scavenger i'll eat just about anything and then sharing that perspective where i can embody a whole different set of beliefs and teachings if i pretend to be that character not just for kids but for adults as well and i'm dressed like I'm dressed as a big black bird on the stage saying something. It's not Jeff talking, but it's important that I don't put on too much of an outfit where the kids can't tell that it's actually still Jeff or it will terrify one out of 30 children Mm. masks. No, no. You learned Mm. that the hard way. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yes, we have. Yeah. I love that. I love that song by the way. And, and I, I I wanted to ask you who, is that you playing electric guitar in that song? That song is... so I have a, f- a few
1: friends that when you see a Jeff and Page show it's nine times out of ten just Jeff and Page. Yeah. but we do have some friends who are also you know parents in their early 40s who sometimes can join us and that song is electric guitar played by my friend Mark who if you come to Meadow Music you'll see him at some of those events. Just shredding for okay. the children. Mm-hmm. I do not so know how great. to play electric guitar solos. Okay. Yeah. But the acoustic, that's all me. That's <laughs> all
2: right. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that that's off an album yeah. called? That album is called Mighty Wolf. And why did you name the album
1: oh, Mighty Wolf? What a leading question. You know the answer. <laughs> My seven-year-old is named Wolf after his great-grandfather. I'm sorry, great-uncle. And... Yeah, that album was written while he was in utero and recorded painstakingly during his first year of life.
2: Mm. Yeah, and released right around his first birthday. Yeah, so six years ago. So you were performing for kids for years and years before having your own kid. And, yeah. what, and what was that like, Jeff, to transit, like to... to you know, become one of your audience? Exact. That's a great question.
1: <laughs> it's both. So having a child and then a second child, I have a, a two-year-old daughter named Alice. And being a father of two makes me understand our audience all the more, both the children and the adults, why the adults come, what we can offer, in terms of a break for those adults in a public setting, the education for those kids, getting to try out silly little songs or even skits at my breakfast table with my own children and see what they respond to. So that's all wonderful. And then on the other hand, as anyone who you know works and has children knows, it, it became infinitely harder to do what we have to do. And my wife and I, when we are on, we are both on at the same time. So our childcare logistics and bills are astronomical, <laughs> because and a lot of people are like, "Oh, where where are your kids?" Um, it, it is really hard to bring them to events. Mm. So you'll see them occasionally, but they they respect our boundaries. When the when the rainbow socks go on, like they will let us do our thing on stage, but before the show and after the show, cling, and I can't effectively be part of the community that I want to be a part of ironically which is the community of parents and children when Mm. my own kids are there it's it's very interesting but when they are there there's a whole other experience of getting to share myself as a father with these kids and let let the parents and children see how Jeff muddles through it in a public situation Mm. yeah
0: I like that word muddle
1: muddle Mm. Yeah. Isn't that what parenting is? Totally. I can <laughs> just fenced. imagine
0: the internal constraint. I, this is like what I would feel like when, you know, trying to, to do what you're trying to do all at the same time, kind of field your children or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, support them in whatever ways they need. But yeah, and I could totally get that decision to just be like let's just get childcare this time yeah,
1: it's interesting and if they if they
0: start crying while
1: we're on stage, lyrics start getting forgotten um, at certain times milk started flowing on stage to the response of you know one of our children crying in the audience wow. um, and yeah it's Paige has worn our children at while performing at different times and it's just a champ and yeah. yes it's it makes it a lot more difficult to focus on the show at hand it becomes the show like oh how are they gonna do that <laughs> which is which is an aspect as well i suppose
2: yeah i appreciate this public you know display of parenting yeah it's sort of they say life is like learning the violin while being plugged into an amp you mm-hmm. know yeah your vocation and your life are are sort of very much one. And so you're up there demonstrating Mm -hmm. your life is there for everyone to see and and that's vulnerable. Yeah, and I,
1: I like to be available for the kids before and after the other kids, not my own. Yeah, It feels nice to be an adult who works with children and is fully available to give those kids something in that moment and just be part of creating that scene of, of parents and kids out and about, hopefully in a beautiful natural place, mm. connecting and you know,
2: feeling the community of music and yeah. Maybe learning something. My experience on the other end is to come to a weekend and be like, oh what am I gonna do with my kids and be like, oh thank God there's a Jeff and Page show. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> it really is a a gift, you know, to the to the community to have something enriching for the whole family to do together.
0: Yeah, there's this one concert that was at the Rayback Collective on like a Saturday or Sunday morning Mm. that like stands out as this, I think my wife was out of town and she's like, oh, don't worry, there's a Jeff and Page concert. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I can make it. (laughs) Yeah. And Hazel, Hazel just, you know, she would just zoom up to the stage. Yeah. And just, and there was the, you know, mesmerized that word. There was, there's also, it was interesting to see fandom arise Mm -hmm. it was like oh this Mm -hmm. is something kind of built into us as humans that we we gravitate towards musical experiences and just and and the way yeah it creates this this bond for the kids and for the for the adults and you guys People can get the rainbow leg warmers, and then you see another kid, and you're like, "Oh, I know that." You know, like the, we're in the yeah. same tribe. You know, to to Jeff or page, yeah. yeah, or the the wings, the the, the shirt, monarch the wings, shirts, the, the bear shirts, shirts that lift surprise
2: up, Yeah, my kids have those. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome. There
1: was something that came to mind when you were. Oh, and I I just wanted to say, like, with that fandom, like, it doesn't last. We've seen, you know, kids. We have them maybe two, maybe three, four, if we're really lucky, years. They'll be mm-hmm. super fans of Jeff and Paige, and then inevitably they move on. Um, yeah. But we do have, we'll have high schoolers now. We have college students sometimes coming back. Oh, they'll yeah. come to that, you know, Monday evening up at Chautauqua and maybe set out a picnic, do the hand motions. My goal is that, you know, maybe you you don't listen to Jeff and Page anymore but you remember the songs from your formative years of getting introduced to music and maybe it helps you pass your high school chemistry test or mm-hmm. something you remember a little something about the uh i don't know pollination or <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: or when you learn how to drive you you share the road oh yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes i like that
0: <laughs> yeah for sure
2: i yeah i think at the very least you are associating fun with nature and science and music, right? All those things are all um, linked together for an hour or so. And that's uh, a, yeah. that's a win. <laughs> that's a huge it's win. very gratifying
1: for
0: me. Just keep it coming. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Were you going to say something? Well, I was going to ask a question.
0: Yeah. Pl- so it, sort of circling back, right? Th- in college you had these like deep experiences in nature Mm -hmm. that woke something up within you and and compelled you to focus on teaching educating supporting other people in understanding nature cognitively but also in having an emotional uh loving appreciative Mm -hmm. connection to the natural world right because even if we understand how important the carbon cycle is, we're we're not going to actually be motivated to donate money to conservation organizations or, you know, spend our time on the weekend cleaning up a park unless we feel in our hearts like this matters, this is important. Yes. And, um, yeah, and so I'm just, I'm kind of curious if you could speak a little bit more about what, what you see as as this connection uh, connecting kids connecting adults connecting Mm. people to nature and and if for you there's any inherent sort of i'm just going to use the word soulful quality to the natural world that you also hope comes through or Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yes that is a big question a great question So I think the first thing that comes to mind is when I think back to my own kind of aha moment, almost a conversion, like we don't have to, like I'm not taking my kids on 30-day backpack trips. I'm not taking them on three-day backpack trips. Little things where our family is fully present outdoors in nature are a beautiful way, just a short walk across this field, which we're lucky enough to have right out our back gate to a small stream and it lasts 12 minutes or maybe we are we're riding a bike I my happy place with my kids is this bicycle that can hold both of them and listening to music but sometimes just saying hey we're going to take a break from the music like tell me three things you notice so just building it into our life a little more instead of saying we're going to take this whole day and hike in these beautiful mountains which we're so lucky to live nearby which I would love to do more of but If I'm honest, most of my, you know, sharing nature with my own kids is very small and very much woven in to my own life. I showed my kid a a time lapse video of a rat being decomposed by fungus the other day because he wanted to watch a video. And I was like, all right, you're going to watch this and connect with these biological processes that sustain us for your screen time. And I am no saint by the way, he watched two cartoons later that day that did not connect to the decomposition and (laughs) regrowth of plants from the soil it created. So yeah, but I think the little, the little things that are integrated within our lives Mm -hmm. as parents are the ways to do it. And the last thing I'll say is for me, a golf ball has been my tool. Like I'll give him a golf ball, I'll take a golf ball and we are going to do, we're not going hiking we're going to do an adventure walk with the golf ball. And it's like, first, we're going to roll the golf ball through this culvert. And then we're going to see if we can hit that tree. And then we're going to see who can bowl it the furthest along the trail without it going off. And we're, that has been a really nice, very simple tool to grab right on the way outside the door and just see where those adventures take us. Cool. Yeah. What, a, what a great way to play golf. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Nature <laughs> golf.
0: Yeah. Well, and I just, I really love what I'm hearing, you know, just is that it doesn't have to be this grand big thing. It's about the little things Mm -hmm. and, you know, the moments and, and I've certainly experienced firsthand the folly of trying to go on like a bigger hike or, and, and how that leads to this, like, uh, you know, the whining and I'm not having fun and they're not having fun and, and, uh, and these sort of trail games and sometimes we've we've done like a literally bribed them with like chocolate chips or whatever, mm-hmm. little treats to get them to, you know, everything tastes better
1: out yeah. there. Yeah. They should have mm-hmm. chocolate outside. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Oh,
0: it's so good. And um and sometimes we'll bring like little little figurines or things to sort of hide along the trails Perfect. and Yeah, but short, sweet, simple moments rather than making everything have to be bigger and harder. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wild
2: how hard it can be to get our kids outside and then how much they love it? I'm mean, like, I'm so sick of that battle. Like you're gonna love the hike. I, <laughs> I promise you that, you know, and we do the same thing. Like, yeah, you can have a piece of gum when you get to the top of the hike or, or whatever. And then once they're outside, something happens. Like that's undeniable. And, and I feel like that's, that is a parenting strategy is mm. to be outside with your kids. Mm-hmm. Like it changes them, you know? And maybe one of the reasons the last two years, one of the many reasons the last few years has been hard is that people have been cooped up inside, right. you know, like they closed the trails at one point and that's not good for kids. And when my kids are acting fools, and I take them outside, something shifts. They transform. Yes.
0: I it, mean, the same applies to me. If I'm, if I'm, <laughs> I, sometimes I find well, You're myself, a kid at I'm heart, like, Noah. That's true. I'm walking circles around the house, feeling anxious and flustered. And, you know, and if I just like step outside, even into the yard and I'm like, oh, I can breathe again. And like, yep. all of a sudden. All of a sudden, all those things that seemed so urgent and anxiety producing, even in the winter, just like the trees, even without their leaves, somehow kind of Mm. do something. And another parenting strategy for being outdoors I've found is finding another family to be with. Hazel Mm. can, and Zephyr, (laughs) Zephyr, I mean, he's only four and a half. He can, he can hike, like he can go the distance when there's a group of other kids who are going the distance, with, it's amazing when it's just our little family, maybe we get 50 yards and it's, uh, what all the, the whining and the, this isn't and the, but if we have another family with us and they have a friend, we can go miles, miles literally, yep. literally. Anya's the same way. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. Hike the whole day, as long as she can chat, and <laughs> <laughs> else, yeah. play
1: a game. I don't know about your families, but for me, hike is a word that must be avoided. Mm -hmm. I I have to call it adventure. That's great. Yeah. I put something at the end of it. Like I know a place where there's rocks and underneath those rocks, there's some definitely some critters. Like let's go find the magic rock area, but we have to go up the devil's staircase to get there. And then nature 101 throw stick in body of water, Mm. easily done. Teach stone skipping. And it made me also made me think of what you were saying. I call those micro nature moments because as a father of two kids, I don't have the time usually for full day hikes, but I do have the time to step outside, especially when I'm feeling it all build up and to say, I'm, I I got 20 seconds out here where I'm not doing anything except noticing one thing and that's enough. Mm. I do the same thing with my wife. I'm like, let's do an eight second date. I need it right now. We lock eyes for eight seconds
0: and then we're
1: done and we feel that connection. And that sometimes is enough to sustain for the day. In fact, I I think I need an eight second date tonight.
2: Mm. (laughs) I thought you could say right now. Would you guys like to have an eight second date? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. How do we lock eyes as a group of three? That's, that's tricky. Oh man. One eye and yeah, it's not going to work. This is not connecting at all. It's funny,
1: though.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. Back to the <laughs> yeah. background. I put, the I right put on. on Sinatra last night and had, like, an eight-minute dance with, with Rachel. And that wow. Was, yeah. We Sweet. both really needed it. And she, like, tried to go back to doing what she was doing. Oh, it's, it's so like, easy to go back. Yeah. yeah I was like, no, no. I need Zephyr to see us dancing. <sighs> And that was a beautiful statement. Yeah, so your children see you having those connections. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's nice to sort of think of symptoms like anxiety, depression, restlessness, whatever, as some sort of connection deprivation or or nature deprivation. We're we're all restless as a family. What do we need? We need to get back out there. Like as a society, we are starving for more connection with each other and nature. And it's it's manifesting as have so many symptoms, you know? And so I think when I'm feeling anxious, it's like there's a misattunement, attunement. There's a incongruity with my own authentic self. And as a society, we can see, you know, similarly, we can see what's happening in the world of tension and stuff as a incongruity with nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's deep. A little, hey. little too deep? No, <laughs> no that was just good. Just right. <laughs> Are
2: I you going to go there with me or not? Well, yeah. I mean, I kind oh. of
0: think of nature as like a, a tuning fork in a way. And the same way Ooh, music has yeah. this like vibrational quality that, that pulls us into resonance with it, you know, whether it's that melancholy music that gets you to just like have those feelings that you get with that or mm-hmm. you know the uplifting boppity boppity, like mm-hmm. hippie hooray like fun music um and so i think like nature resonates with this this is like musical quality that touches a chord within us that is a chord of ease and and peacefulness and uh groundedness and so i think that's kind of what what goes on that's how i think about what what goes on with it. And for the kids, it's especially important.
2: Yeah.
0: Don't you think our kids are like deprived of, I, I don't mean
2: our kids, the three of us, but I mean, there's not enough time spent in nature outside, right? Even our kids who we're making a point to get them outside. Still, they're sitting inside a lot underneath fluorescent lighting. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's an issue? Yes. And...
1: I think that's kind of part of my conversion is trying to find those creative ways to alleviate it instead of thinking about, oh, I wish I could get him out more. I'm like, no, I'm just going to find a creative way. If I'm really feeling it, then we're going to come up with a game. We're going to just like, we have a game at my house I call flash flood uh, it doesn't work with my two year old, but <laughs> an apologies to anyone who's been affected by a flood, but we, you know, imagine that there's floodwaters and you have to get off the ground and you have to be outdoors when you do it. So I can call flash flood and you have 10 seconds to get outside and above ankle height. It's just like throwing that in, in the middle of, I should do it during one of my son's cartoons and see if he actually does it. Yeah. (laughs) If
2: if you leave the cartoon,
0: that sounds, my kids are going to love that. It's really
1: fun yeah and get them hanging off branches and then you have you have to wait till we say all clear and sometimes I'll hang on a for a long time just to give them that solo moment like holding on to a tree and and let them
2: marinate in the nature moment mm, yeah so you i mean you're 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 saying like trickery <laughs> trickery. <laughs> Dece- trickery deceive the children <laughs> is what you're saying no. no, but again, you're saying like um rather than dwelling on the deprivation mm-hmm. that i was dwelling on you're you're saying like where can we find little opportunities exactly
1: but the deprivation is real i appreciate you bringing it up i'm just my response to it is yes yeah. hmm, i can i can creatively bust that
0: yeah and i just that word trickery actually i want to that means something because there's there's this archetype. There's this quality of like the trickster, and it has a wildness and a subversiveness to it that, as a culture, we don't really um, include all that all that often, right? We tend to relegate that to something like you know, in all the fairy tales, it's the woods are dangerous, mm-hmm. and it's we want to we want to get this dangerous, subversive kind of trickster away and here the coyote right this wildness mm-hmm. is is so important for us as humans right we need to have our cultured i know how to write a check side right but we also need to like have the side that of us that gets to explore just to be in the wild and and interestingly there's a way of using that energy to 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 achieve like deposit the, the means that we're trying to get at i mean I'm, i don't know how articulate i'm being but this idea of like yeah tricking our kids to go outside and play sort of highlights that we need the positive side of this thing that we tend to think of as only being negative right because mm-hmm. all those shadow qualities all have gifts that they can bring us in and so when we can bring that playful you know, coyote, raven, trickster energy. We can we can inspire our kids into doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do, and uh, and the only way to to have that sort of creative playfulness that you're talking about is to integrate those qualities in some way. I love it. And we got to teach them how to write a check, though. You're right. How do you write a check,
2: Noah? <laughs> 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 you, you go to your laptop and you type in yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, we we have to be playful. Yes, with kids, right? I mean, period, right? right. Then, to go back to Jeff's point about like if he was standing on stage with Paige and they were doing a PowerPoint, it wouldn't quite have the same magic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could mm. probably you could probably make it entertaining, but can I pl- can I play
1: you a little song snippet? Yes. Yeah. All
2: right. Mm-hmm. Will you hold this, Dave?
1: So that that's um, I'll play. I was. debating many different songs but you just reminded me I wanted to play just a little of a song we call Black Widow um, that you know historically that is a creature like we want to stay away from but Paige has got we've got this amazing homemade Black Widow costume from a fan whose kids are now in high school and college and Paige is dressed as the Black Widow and she's saying yes I am venomous so keep your distance from me but essentially is saying I'm also kind of amazing and trying to inspire that playfulness um, having kids embody that animal like there's a part where we have them spin around and pretend they're making a web Um, but also saying yes this is something you should keep your distance from but you should also revere it so I'm going to play a little Black Widow A red hourglass,
3: black abdomen, eats flies, eight eyes, eight legs. On irregular cobwebs, she'll lay several hundred eggs. Spinning jungle gems of spidey silk in darkened corridors. She's one of nature's most amazing insectivores, black widow. Eight eyes, eight legs, eight a-fly Red hourglass, face the sky Now let's begin, Black Widow our and spin Spinner at sand spin, spin, little widow, spin, widow, widow, spin, little widow, spin, spin the other way, spin, little widow, spin, little spin, widow, widow, spin, little widow, widow, widow spin. spin, little widow, spin, you're not spinning, spin, little widow, spin, little widow, spin, little widow, spin. Ooh,
1: gentlemen, are you have a case to come on stage with Jeff and Paige? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just heard a vocal cord. I
2: don't no no can't do it. Very nice. Thank you so much
1: for that. Yeah. Oh. There's there's other things in here too. Mm. If you if you if you want them, we can record some more. Yeah. How did you write that song? How did it happen? I think that song was so so I will <laughs> often check out books. I will decide I want to write a song about black widows and it's going to kind of generally be about this, like it's cool adaptations, stay away from it and its role within the ecosystem, which is verse three. So I actually went to the library and checked out several kids' books to see how other authors put that subject matter across to kids. And then I take notes Um, and then I will usually try to just let it come to me while I'm taking a hike or a bike ride and slowly start weaving those notes into lyrics but first first we got to get the hook so in that case it's eight eyes eight legs eight a fly
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah a little play on the word eight there yes (laughs) and then what about the the
1: chorus um and then we know so then i I think i played that for Paige, and she was like oh we need to add a, a a part for the kids So our creative process, I will write the song, I will play it for her, and then she will, um, pick it apart and send me back to the drawing board. And then we'll figure out not only how to sing it together, but how to make it in an audience performance piece that both engages the kids, teaches them, them something. And is, you know, musically we're, we're sharing the load musically it's taken a while to get there our creative process like it definitely was hard to figure out how to take something that I was doing initially for a few years before my at the time girlfriend and now wife and now I, I would say Jeff and Paige is Paige is now the creative visionary of where our business and performances will go and I'm more the guy who's packing all the props and <laughs> nah. sewing the leg back onto the insect costume.
2: Uh, uh, what a, what a production. I mean, from writing the music, the lyrics, mm-hmm. making the costumes. <laughs> yeah. And we're in the midst of recording our
1: seventh album, which we're calling Hey Alice after our daughter. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah. The first song. There's a bunch of, scientists in a field lab balcony that go hey Alice and we're still like we have two or three more songs that have to be decided so I have I will come to her with a list of 16 songs and play them for her and we will decide which ones make the cuts it's a very fun process and vulnerable to play something and know that my wife and business partner is going to take it, is going to change it, is going to send me back to the drawing board mm-hmm. for a rewrite, and then we're going to have to figure out what how we make it from Jeff writing a song into a Jeff and Page public performance piece. So it's it's really fun and much harder as parents who have very limited time.
2: Yeah. So yeah. It's real. So, speaking of which, yes. <laughs> We wanted to ask you about fatherhood, too, yeah, so we've covered we've covered nature, we've covered music, we've covered black widows mm-hmm. um check writing, check writing, <laughs> I think was in there, yeah, scavengers, yep, we well, covered a lot of territory, yeah what's been challenging for you as a dad, and what's been real rewarding, just a couple nuggets as a dad food with children is the
1: most challenging for me I would say just the constant need not only to prepare a snack but to figure out what snack that person wants and then to make it and not and not see it especially with a two-year-old to like literally sometimes scream in your face and I feel like sometimes like a I don't know a medieval butler of sorts yeah. <laughs> just, I'm,
3: I'm so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> about Um, and yeah,
1: and seeing food not consumed and like making that choice of like, do I put this into my body so I feel like it's not wasted or do I, you know, sit down and eat a healthy meal instead of standing at the stove and shoveling in two bites of mac and cheese. It's kind of cold.
2: I have Mm -hmm. eaten so much cold mac and cheese. So much, right? uh, You need
0: chickens. What's that? You need chickens. I need chickens. Oh, to feed it to. Yeah, that's. I never feel guilty. Uh, I don't need chickens. I never feel guilty because the chickens will eat the leftovers, and then I get eggs from the chickens, which are tasty. Hmm. I don't want anything else to take care of.
1: I no. can. I can relate <laughs> to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then on the other side, an answer to your question would probably like you, when your kids, as they get older, and they start to reveal themselves as their, their humanness. my wife and I were having an argument the other day and unbeknownst to us, our son, I know he was in the other room. He was hearing it. He was having his own feelings. He didn't talk to us about it, but he came in and he doesn't, he, I don't know about your children, but like getting him to write a thank you note or a Valentine is really challenging. Mm. He does not enjoy writing. He wrote like a note to us that just said, mom and dad, I love you to the moon one, and then 29 zeros times. Mm. Um, and that's what he was doing while we were arguing. And I was like, I love these moments where he's revealing his empathetic humanity. And I'm seeing more of that. And then just, uh, from my, so I'm not excluding my daughter. I love the smell of her head when I kiss Mm. it. She gets like so many kisses, even when she's, you know, throwing the mac and cheese back. Mm -hmm.
2: So many kisses. Yeah. It's good. It's like parenting is hard. Children are wonderful. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, a couple things that we wanted to just cover before we end. One is we have a little gift for Jeff. No. For yes. For being our inaugural guest. Yes, we do. Jeff, I was wondering how you like my hat. Ah. Oh. Jeff is the recipient of a hat, baseball cap with the logo Council of Fathers on it. Wow, that's really Uh, nice! Yeah, thank you. May I put it on my head? Sure, yes, that's the best place to put it (laughs) is on your head. Yes, honored
1: to be like, I think there needs to be more. Father glorification in the Lord. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna wear this proudly for the rest of my Tuesday. All right, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah,
2: thank you for being on the on the show yeah, and for singing you. for us. Maybe you'll you'll sing us out. Yeah, would so be pretty cool. Um, we also just wanted to mention we're doing a retreat. So if you are. Um, A dad and you are needing to retreat from (laughs) from life for a day a day and we're gonna be doing some cool stuff together that you know has to do with finding yourself as a dad and some tools for being being the kind of dad that you want to be
0: and you can find all the details at our website com. yeah uh
2: Anything more about that?
0: Just that it's gonna be awesome and you know, only only the cool guys are gonna be there. So (laughs) But are we still invited? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Maybe there'll be two not so cool guys amidst (laughs) the cool guys. You guys are cool. Oh (laughs)
1: thanks, Jeff. Let's hang out all day. All
0: right. Cool.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'll cancel the rest of my appointments. Anything else before we have Jeff take us on out?
0: Well, Jeff, if let's say there's a parent out there and they're like, oh, I want Jeff and Paige to come play at my kid's birthday party or I'm organizing some sort of nature day because I'm like a person who does that kind of thing or I am a teacher at a school and I want to mm-hmm. invite them to my school or I don't know, any of that kind of stuff. How would they get in touch with you? They can find us at org.
1: Um, there are ways to listen to our music and watch videos. Um, And most importantly, I would say, especially for those folks in the front range to check out the events calendar, because Mm. this right now, um, April of 2022, we are at the start of our busy season where we have so many outdoor and free to attend public events. Awesome. Um, And it is, yeah, it's a chance to be surrounded by other parents and a bunch of other kids and hopefully they're happy
0: and you guys have music videos on youtube we do yeah and you're on apple music
1: we got the yeah all this, also on all spotify this, yeah, yeah all okay. those things cool all those ways people listen to music it's yeah i will say it's interesting because our audience is one of the few who will still buy cds oh yeah because um, there's a lot of like six disc changers in the minivans and yeah And just kids, like, you know, they, they want a tangible item. When for me, a CD is more like at this point, it's like a business card. Mm. I don't, I don't think I have a way to listen to my own albums that I have stocked in our garage. (laughs) Yeah. Buy one of our t-shirts instead. It's evergreen. You'll Mm. always need clothes on your body. Mm.
0: That's true. Great. So you want to play play us out? out? Yeah, actually
1: that I was debating Between a few. Um, And this song is from the new album. Uh So it's not available to hear except on the Council of Fathers podcast.
0: Wow, you heard it here first. Check
1: us out. Um, The debut. I think, well, I just mentioned the minivan. And I, I I was thinking this one might be a decent one to play because it is an intersection of being a parent and the natural world. So true fact um minivans bears in the national parks have learned that minivans are worth targeting because they have so much food inside (laughs) and the minivan is actually the most commonly broken into vehicle by black bears across all national parks it's hands down so i'm gonna play you can edit some of this out if you need to i'm gonna play the intro all the way through the first chorus of this song that we're the working title is black bear in a minivan I am a black bear,
3: this is my sound, mm, my front and my back hair are a blend of black and brown. I can see and hear and smell quite well, I'm also territorial, in winter time, I snooze the days away. I'm an omnivore, which means I'll eat loads of plants, but also meat. Up to 15,000 calories a day So if you see me Come September, casing the campgrounds oh, 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 oh. I guarantee I'll be snuckin', packin' on the pounds getting ready for complete and utter inactivity lowered metabolic rate and muscle atrophy I've gotta eat but now I've got this brand new plan my needs are satisfied inside your minivan
1: and then we make the kids become black bears yeah Let's just give it a try. Let's see your claws. Uh, Your pinky fingers. uh, Or your claws are like the length of a pinky finger. You can swim. You can climb a tree. And now rub your hungry bellies. It's time to peace. (laughs) I don't
3: want to eat a bunch of berries. never want to work that hard for dead and calories, so I sift beneath the seats, and I sniff the sticky treats left by the kids. I find some little snack and crackers from the hands of little snackers in the cracks of the upholstery. When gazing, it's amazing, they were grazing on some raisins, and they left a whole bunch for me. Gobs and gobs of peanut butter globs and crusted applesauce. Yeah. Carrot stringy meat bits. I'm gonna need a little dental floss, cuz I'm a (laughs) black bear just making my stand in the back chair of your minivan. It's the vehicle for me with the best fuel efficiency. It's hibernation preparation for bears across the nation, from Denali to Yosemite.
1: And that's it.
0: Wow, Beautiful. that was awesome. Yeah. Love
1: it. I realized I, I was singing Paige's parts. I'm like, oh, that's a high key
0: for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, shout out to Paige. She's amazing yeah. too. And. Thank you so much, Jeff, for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you,
1: gents, for having me. I will be wearing this hat proudly.
2: Mm. All right.
1: Okay. Be well, y'all. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us.